Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. And today I have Dr. Rosaline Glickman with me today. And Rosaline has a really interesting journey. She actually started in education and she climbed the ranks and she's in a very interesting situation with a completely unique strategy, optimal thinking. Rosaline, let's get into this. Talk to me about where you came from, how you got there and what you're up to. Well, thank you for inviting me on the show, Ruben, uh, to start with. Uh, I began my career as a middle school teacher teaching science. I ascended to being head of science department, Mm. teaching GED uh, level physics and chemistry. So you can't sell me hope. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. And and what would you say your, your major sort of your catalyst moment was? What was the was a realization moment that there was there was another journey for you. Well, I love teaching in the classroom, but after three years of teaching the same syllabus, I wanted to be more creative. Mm. So I went out into the business world and I, I began as a consultant for Philips International Language Service. And we would uh, share or, or uh, offer language programs in the same manner as kids learnt their their initial native language, look, listen, repeat, Mm -hmm. expose and associate. And I loved that. And I was very successful. And during that period, I came across some uh, leadership programs, success programs, motivational programs, And I said, that is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to teach the formula for success. I want to teach personal leadership. And so I got educated. And as a result, I started um, working in for companies like Mercedes-Benz Australia when I lived in Australia at the time. And uh, the media discovered me. And... During that time, uh, people were just talking about positive thinking, that if you follow these three shortcuts for success and manage time in these two ways and communicate nicely, then you're a positive thinker and you'll achieve peak performance. And it occurred to me with my science background that you cannot function at your peak if you you don't think in peak terms and every time you think – Suboptimally, it's going to cost you time, energy, joy, and money. Hmm. So, joy is the most painful one for me. <laughs> okay, which one? Joy is the most painful one for me, costing oh, me yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay stay in the flow of the of the optimal and what's and being your best self, and joy automatically comes your way. So, so. Not without uh, uh, the the challenges and trials and tribulations of life, but knowing that you're on your optimal path always gives you a sense of 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 the best the best possible sense of security. So going on from that, um, I formulated the optimal thinking. It's just like you know the green exists in nature, mm-hmm. but once you know that blue and yellow make green, you can reproduce green consistently. So optimal thinking's been around since time immemorial. Uh, Francis Hutchison in 1640 said, wisdom is the pursuit of the best ends by the best means. We've all asked, what's the best use of my time right now? What's my most important goal? Uh, uh, How can I um, maximise this situation or make the most of this situation? But we don't use this peak form of thinking consistently. And that's what my program and my business and my educational system for individuals and organizations is all about, creating a consistent flow of optimal thinking and optimization 
so that you can optimize yourself, you can optimize products, processes, and people. Now that's 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 very interesting to me. I feel like if you peel back the onion on why someone would want to optimize their thinking to attain peak performance, that there's there's a there's a bigger problem that might lie beneath that a little bit deeper. Um, potentially someone thinking that they're not good enough, someone thinking someone, someone, um, falling into uh, being more complacent, being potentially lazy, not fulfilling their, their full purpose, not maybe having confidence. What would you say are the biggest drivers that, that avoid people from accomplishing this? What are the biggest obstacles here for people? Well, you're absolutely right um, that there are people do have limiting core beliefs. They they believe that they don't they can't have the best in life, that there's something wrong with them, that they don't deserve the best in life. Uh, in my research, um, in the work that uh, in writing my first few books, uh, I discovered the various core beliefs. And actually, you can go onto my website at optimalthinking.com and I offer a free quiz to determine which um, limiting core beliefs an individual or organization does have. So it's, it, and you can overcome them. They're not a life sentence, but mm -hmm. the first thing is you have to identify them. So, uh, so, so there are three actual aspects to becoming a consistent optimal thinker. One, you have to consciously choose. So even if you wake up in the morning and you feel lousy, you can still say, what's the best use of my time right now? You can st still say, ask yourself, what's my most important objective or goal right now? And, and what are the best actions I can take to achieve it? even if you feel that you're not good enough, mm. right? Then, so consciously choosing is one, um, one uh, aspect of becoming a consistent optimal thinker. And there are tools to be able to remind oneself and to consciously and proactively use optimal thinking and to reactively re and to respond with optimal thinking rather than to react with those beliefs of I'm not good enough or I don't deserve the best in life or, or life is a struggle. Um, the, so the first is consciously choose. The second is overcome your limiting core beliefs. It, and that is not something that you, you, you need to worry about. You can just take one after another and work on them and overcome them. And what would you say the most common limiting core beliefs would be? I'm not good enough. Mm. And what makes a person say that I'm not good enough? Conditioning. Conditioning. A parent might have said, uh, you know, you're not good enough. A parent might have compared you to a, to a sibling and you may have come out second or third best. A teacher may have ignored you and humiliated you. You may have not been the most popular person at school. You may have had a physical defect, an emotion, a, a, a mental defect. I mean, none of us come. Optimal thinking or optimization is not about perfection. It's about doing the best with the resources that you have. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's interesting. I, I want to revisit that. Uh, so when we have these limiting core beliefs, do you believe that these are conscious, subconscious, a combination? Um, are, do we, are these lurking in the back of our minds as skeletons that we need to address? And if so, how do we address those? Well, they're conscious and subconscious. So mm -hmm. you're right. We have a combination of them. Some impact us more than others and cause patterns of suboptimal or even unhealthy behavior even destructive behavior. So you might have someone who performs really well in an organization and then sabotages once they're, they're getting the recognition that they, they, um, they might be afraid of recognition and go between um, being um, comfortable in their own shoes and then being uncomfortable by being in the limelight. Mm. And so they sabotage. They're all, so, so, 
Becoming aware of patterns of behaviour is usually a starting point, destructive or unhealthy patterns of behaviour. And then you can be basically challenge them. You know, what am I thinking or doing? Which be What belief is causing me to, to behave in this way? And the formula that I like to use is accept, understand, optimise. So you accept it. Okay, so I believe that I'm not good enough. That is what I believe at this stage. So the next step is understanding why do I believe that? And then figure out the limiting core beliefs, the beliefs that are actually valid and those that are invalid. And those that are invalid you can discard fairly easily. Those that are valid, you need to find find other solutions or mm. other options that are, that support your best interest, rather than this option that devalues your best interest and compromises your best interest and even sabotages your best interest. And I so, <laughs> so this is work that's done. Uh, I don't. We don't do therapy in our in our um, organisation, but we do provide strategies in programs. We have a hundred day program that enables anyone who has a has a suboptimal patterns of living to make optimization a, ha a second nature, a habit, and it's a and. Uh, so, but in organisations, what we really work on in, in our coaching is the strategies to put our best self in charge consistently mm. so that we can open up to the best opportunities and maximise them and minimise the threats and weaknesses that compromise our best efforts and our best results. So this, this sounds like it's a huge problem that needs to be solved for a lot of, for most people probably, that there are these subconscious and conscious core limiting beliefs, these, these obstacles that we face, and that we might not even know what they are, um, and by not addressing them, that we're not fulfilling our potential. So my question for you is, this sounds like a very personal journey that people must embark upon. How, what have you noticed? What have you learned about doing this? In, uh, and I'm assuming it's a group or some sort of a, a pseudo transparent situation, but what are the implications of that? What are the risks of that? How do people react to that? Mm. So I started writing my first optimal thinking book in 1989. And I wrote it for Simon & Schuster Australia. It was their bestseller of the year. And why was it their bestseller of the year? I wasn't a great writer at that time, I have to tell you, because uh, I had a science background. Now I've learned how to write. But at that time, it was new for me. And, um, and, and just real quick, could you tell us where we can find that book? Um, give sure, us that you can find um, – I would recommend my, uh, the Optimal Thinking, How to Be Your Best Self which was uh, published by Wiley in 2002, and it's available in 17 languages. Um, and it's the, the um, Wiley version is available at um, amazon.com. So um, lis uh, listeners and viewers are welcome to take a look. Um, but in my first book, uh, I really detailed or I really got in touch with, you know, how many people everywhere use suboptimal thinking too frequently mm. because the name of the game is to start each conversation with optima optimal thinking or optimization. And if you don't, if life happens, you're going through a divorce, your kid isn't well, you, you've been overlooked for a promotion, you've got a marketing issue that, that is isn't easily resolved. You've got challenges in your path. You've got a competitor that's taking your market share. You've got um, you've got a, an, an employee who's got an anger problem. All sorts of issues cross our path each day. The name of the game is to respond, not to react, but to respond 
on a level of optimization. And that there are techniques and ways to do that. And so the book uh, on the, um, the 2002 Wiley book and the translations deals with that. But, but in order to make optimization and optimal thinking habitual, it's the 100-day the, the hundred opt, uh, optimal thinking program on our website. I do believe we have a, a special offer for your, pre, for your uh, listeners. So feel free, listeners and viewers, to go there. And I believe it's up there for 30 days. So, um, so basically, the name of the game is to use optimal thinking consistently so that we can make optimization a habit. Now, the reality is that everyone uses optimal thinking. If you come to one of my seminars, I, I, it's pretty early I start with saying, you know, anyone who's asked the question, um, how can I make the best use of my time right now, please stand. Anyone who's ever said, how can I make the most of this situation, please stand. Anyone who's ever said, what's my most important goal, please stand. Okay, everyone's standing, <laughs> right? You can sit now. You've earned it. You're optimal thinkers. The issue is how often you think optimally because when you think optimally, you instantly make the most of the present moment and your life. It's an instant thing. The name of the game is to become consistent. Mm. So was there a time in your life where – you were not consistent and you realized that there were shortcomings and there was opportunity costs and that you needed to change your ways? Uh, I think that when I, I, I worked, as I said, I came across some programs in my, in my development and evolution. I came across some programs on leadership and motivation and success. And I joined that company. And what happened was I, 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 became quite successful in that company. And I was, at the time I was living in Australia, I've lived in the US permanently since 91. But um, I was living in Australia and speaking at the Australian Institute of Management, which was a huge feat for a woman, mm. huge feat. And not soon after, um, due to a number of issues or accomplishments, I became acclaimed as Australia's most successful woman. Mm. I wasn't the richest woman. I wasn't the most educated woman. I wasn't the prettiest woman. But all of a sudden, I was Australia's most successful woman because of optimal thinking. Mm. I, 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 so I got invited onto a show like Hard Copy, you know, a real hard news, going to rip you apart show. And, they, and the interviewer said, I see that the media and everyone's calling you Australia's most successful woman. Well, I did not feel like I was Australia's most successful woman. So I responded naturally and I said, who's to say who's, uh, what, who's Australia's most successful woman? The media have coined this term for me. Who's to say that mum at home doing her very best to bring up the most decent children are any worse than the corporate executive optimising profits. Mm -hmm. And the interviewer then said to me, well, with thinking like that, you have to be Australia's most successful <laughs> woman. So now yeah. I'm Australia's most successful woman. I don't feel like it at all. In fact, I'm freaked out by it because the expectations are much greater than my emotional and mental capacity. So I really had to put my optimal thinking cap in charge. So I became diligent, breathing it, walking it. And if people know me, I really walk my optim optimal thinking. And so... I was like everyone out there watching and viewing. I would, uh, I would have to catch myself. I would have to recognise and not be defensive about being 
having these suboptimal core beliefs. I had to recognize them and work on them. And uh, not to say that I don't react just like any other human being today, but the gap between my reaction and my optimal response has become shorter and shorter and shorter. Wow. And that's your opportunity to use optimal thinking and become a consistent optimizer. Hmm. So what would you say your, your favorite case studies are on, on this model? I mean, what potentially there was a company, there was an individual suffering from something, they couldn't get over some sort of a hump and that uh, they transcended it thanks to you. I'd love, love to learn about a, a case study. Well, there are. I'm sure there are countless ones. Hundreds of thousands of case studies, but I can say that people who have undergone coaching or have come to seminars have have said to me that it was the most important experience of their lives, mm. more important than their their wedding day, more important than even having a child, because they gain the tools to make the most of their lives. And once you make that, the, once you have that tool, then you can share it and bring out the best in others. So whether it comes from um, a senior executive who's had an anger problem and denigrates others, but is brilliant technically and, <laughs> And, and brilliant as, a, as in terms of business strategy, uh, whether it be that uh, someone is self-sabotaging by um, inappropriate behaviours in the workplace, whether it's a business owner who's, who's running a, a business that ha is growing at a, a reasonable rate but could be optimising, whether it be a business, whether it be a turnaround business where they need to just change the situation, whether it change the situation. I'm thinking of one very large government organisation that I worked with where, where a leader came in and the entire department was rebelling against a military-style leadership. Um, I've seen uh, then individuals who've uh, had core beliefs that have kept them out of relationships for years with, with sabotaging, self-sabotaging behaviour or people who've been unable to stay calm and resolve impulse, their impulsive behaviours and, and have sh shot from the hips and destroyed issue, destroyed relationships and businesses that they've built over years. I've seen it all. Mm. Well, you know, what strikes me here is that I think the most important love is, is self-love. And, you know, I think that when we think of the most important days of our lives, the wedding, childbirth, graduation, things like this, it's, it's about love and it's about proliferating our love, but I don't think that's possible unless we have self-love. So I suspect that a lot of the process here is really understanding our own trials, tribulations, addressing those, and then potentially building up that self-love so that we can overcome them. At least that's how I interpret it. And, and you're right. On an individual level, that's exactly what it is. It's about, it, it's different terminology because you can love and you can love yourself. You 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 can love yourself, and not necessarily optimize your opportunities. Mm. Okay, so optimization is that peak level, and when you when you function at the peak level, you complete. It's like you know if you if you don't optimize, you don't complete. You're left with should have, could have, and would have, and you you accumulate baggage. And so that's why optimal thinking is the mental basis for peak performance. It's the mental technology to be our best. 
And as we use optimal thinking, we achieve self-love automatically. Uh, so when, when you think of hyper-successful people, and when I say successful people, I mean from the, I guess from the socioeconomic perspective, in business specifically, do you believe that, that these people have made a choice? Or do you believe that they have had luck? Or do you believe that they have, they possess a special skill set, um, higher IQ, higher EQ, uh, some, some sort of an insight that most people do not have? What would you I say that? I think it's a combination of all of those. Some, some might have an opportunity that is presented to them and they, they, they grab, seize it and leverage it. Others have excellent education, financial and business education and drive. And, a, and, a, and, a, and drive often brings about a desire for optimization. Yes. So, what, so it sounds like the common factor for success is, is that drive. It's that choice. It's that, it's that ambition. Um, but that's not, that's a prerequisite. It's not a sufficiency, I suppose. Yeah. Early in my career, I heard the definition from Success Motivation Institute of Personal Leadership, which was the self-confident ability to crystallize your thinking, to establish an exact direction for your life, to commit yourself to that direction despite obstacles, criticism, and what people say, think, or do, and take the actions that the goal demands. Wow. Right. And I remember that. I learned that, you know, many, many years ago. And many people use that formula. With optimization, you add that, it, it simplifies it because. If you decide that you want to live your best life and be the best, all you have to do is decide, you, you, you decide to be the best you can be and then in every circumstance, right, as, as, as often as you can be your best, it will put you, being your best in one moment will put you in the best position in the next moment and then being your best in that moment will put yourself in the best position in the next moment and then you'll create your, that by, by creating best moments, you'll create your best life or best career or best business, okay? So we're all on an equal playing ground in actual fact. We can either optimise the present moment or we can sub-optimise it. And that's our choice. No, oh, that's important. That's very important. Wow. So when is the next time you're speaking or you have some sort of a seminar where, where uh, folk, folks can see or potentially even in a, a video, webinar, anything like this? They can go to optimalthinking.com. Viewers can go or listeners can go to optimalthinking.com and under seminars, you'll see my schedule. Amazing. And then... Sort of a last question here, which I'm really in, intrigued to ask, is using me as as a as a guinea pig. What what would the process be like? What would that hundred days be like? I'm curious if you. It's probably very difficult to summarize it, but what would that look like? I'm so I'm so curious. It sounds it sounds like a, a deep kind of introspective process. Well, initially we'd we'd uh, you'd go through a quiz. Okay. And you determine how much of your thinking is in your best interest. Okay. And you and, and define it. define what that means. Thinking in your best interest. So, what does thinking not in your best interest mean? Thinking not in your best interest is uh, I'm not uh, I'm not good enough to achieve what I want. Okay. Okay. I don't deserve to achieve what I want. I can't achieve what I want. Uh, life is too much of a struggle. Mm. Um, Achieving my goals is too much of a struggle, okay? Um, people don't support me, okay? Got it. All right. So we have a questionnaire. For, uh, you will go through a five, a 25-statement uh, qu um, questionnaire, and then you'll figure out, because the program comes with a workbook, the 100-day program comes with a workbook as well. Then you'll learn 
where you compromise your best interest. Then from there, you'll learn about the different levels of thinking. For example, negative thinking has been denigrated as a terrible form of thinking, but negative thinking is actually valuable. It's not valuable when you um, dwell on it, but it's valuable when it enables you to um, understand your vulnerability, grieve meaningful losses, and um, recognise um, flaws in products and services so that they can be optimised. Got it. It's a precursor to optimization. So instead, and negative, and applying, just suppressing negativity with positive thinking is like applying paint over rust. <laughs> you know, you you know, applying paint over rust doesn't remove the rust. Yeah. Right. You have to treat the rust and then apply the best paint. Right. So you're going to learn about the various levels of thinking that you have. And you're going to learn about where you use them, how you use them. Do you use them to, to support your best interest or not? Then you're going to learn about optimal thinking. You're going to learn about how to, how to optimise yourself, then how to bring out the best in others, how to optimise others. First of all, it's help yourself to optimal thinking, the first section. You're going to learn all about suboptimal thinking and optimal thinking. Then you're going to learn how to optimize yourself. Then you're going to learn how to optimize others, bring out the best in others. And then after 100 days, if a, a viewer or uh, a listener does not receive the results they want, they can get a full, a full refund and we'll give them $100 back. And I bet you've never done that before. <laughs> We've never had it back. <laughs> never. So I offer it with with an open heart. Well, I think that you know that that confidence and that guarantee is it. It's such an important part in business because it releases it relieves someone of of any potential objection that they might have. You know, money, time. These are resources that are important to us, obviously. And to and to have that you know exit or to have that um, that option, I think gives me a lot of trust and a lot of confidence, much more so than I even thought was possible. So I think that that's a that's a great program. Well, they have to provide the workbook to show that they've done the hundred days. Well, that's right? key. That's key because we don't want to be the recipient of, of scammers. Right. But we've never had it because, and we've had all all sorts of people. Uh, Companies have put it through and we we support it with with webinars on a bi-weekly or weekly basis or monthly basis for teams and individuals, you know, individuals all over the world use it. And we've never had anyone because optimal thinking is valid because it's universal. It makes sense whether you're tall or you're short, whether you live in Africa or you live in America, whether you're rich or poor, it just is universal. Wow. Very interesting. We think about this a lot. We think about here, here at Dub, we think about how to, how to really maximize our pro productivity and how to be our best selves. And we think about it from a, productivity perspective from an output perspective but we also think about it from a, a human connection perspective you know our 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 technology enables people to record videos to share videos linkedin gmail really really simple ways to share videos that help drive sales to build relationships to streamline communication and the problem though that we hear about constantly is that it's difficult for people to get on video. It's difficult for people to project their best self. You know, they don't feel authentic. They don't feel, they feel like an imposter. They feel like this is not really who they are and they, they don't feel comfortable hundred percent. I don't get that from you at all. I sense so much confidence, so much authenticity. It's, it's, it's such a breath of fresh air to, to feel that and to sense that. And to, and, and I, I have to say, I really appreciate you coming on video with me because uh you know within minutes you just you just said yeah let's do it and of course i apologize for not 
saying that this would be a video call beforehand, so it was really my fault. But my question for you is, how can you, how can you help people to gain that confidence, to gain that self-comfort, to be able to, to have this channel of their personality? Well, thank you for asking that question and, those, and um, sharing that. Um, I think that we all have a desire, even if it's deeply buried, to be our best selves. And simply by asking, what's, what would my best self do in this situation? Right? Just take that one question, if you're a listener or a viewer, what would my best self do in this situation? If you're about to go to the refrigerator and you know that you shouldn't be doing that, mm. what would my best self do in this situation? Would my best self stop and make another choice? Or if you're about to speak in a, in a, if you're about to be mean to another person, what would my best self do in this situation? Mm. Or how would my best self act in this situation? That's a starting point. So this is almost like a, a, pre, a precognition, sort of an, a, a self-accountability partner. That's just one tool you can use. There are lots of tools in the 100-day program. Mm -hmm. So, but this is a starting point. Now, optimal thinking is not optimism. Optimism is hoping for the best. Optimal thinking is optimal realism. It's, I do my best under the circumstances. Okay? And we started this video cast by talking about education and after you know your lovely statements I just want to say that if we can if I can help educate 10 people out there 100 people out there a thousand people out there if I can help help you to just ask these optimal questions of yourself and others then they're going, to, uh, they're going to be empowered to be their best. You're going to be your best and you're going to empower them to be their best. And that's how we'll elevate optimization throughout the world. So my mission is just to keep doing what I'm doing. To me, it's not work. It's coming. It's a joy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a beautiful gift I've been given and uh, I wish it upon everyone that we all stay in the flow of being our best authentic selves and building the lives and the businesses and the careers and the families and the friendships and everything that we want without having to compromise our best selves. That's tremendous. Thank you for sharing that. When would you say is the most difficult time that you used your own advice? What was the hardest tribulation, trial, challenge that you went through where you had to dig deep in and, and, and overcome, you know, this idea to retreat? I think a perceived betrayal from from um, perceived betrayals or betrayals. Uh, I think when I went through a divorce, it was very hard for me. I, I have been through one divorce and it was very difficult. And also I had a very dear friend that I actually perceived that, that betrayed me. And I think that's very hard mm. because that – um, uncovers a lot of unconscious um, fears and uh, and brings about a lot of authentic pain. Mm. And so pain is really helpful in that it enables us to 
recognise what's really important. Emotional pain tells us what's important. And once we get through that pain and we recognise, okay, I'm feeling this pain, you know, seek to understand it. Again, the formula, accept, understand, optimise. I accept that I'm really hurt. And uh, hurt is when we experience a threat, loss or injury. So we experience the hurt. We seek to understand it and then ask ourselves, what's the best thing we can do about it? What are the best actions we can take? What's out of our control and what's within our control? Let go of what's out of our, letting go of what's out of our control can sometimes be very hard. And why is that? Um, because we we haven't we don't really put our arms around what's out of our control. We we until we recognise that it's out of our control, uh, that may take time. And then once we've recognised it, being able to just stop rumination. Mm. So, but that becomes an easy process. Once you recognise it's out of my control, politics are out of my control, the only thing I've got is a vote, so why am I going to get angry and annoyed at something that's out of my control? I'm only going to focus on what's within my control. If certain values or certain issues upset me that, that, um, are, that are reflective of other people's behaviour, how can I ensure that my behaviour doesn't it does not um, exemplifies my best self or radiates my best self? Okay, and figure out what's within your control and then maximise it. So that helps get through painful situations. Usually, when we feel a sense of betrayal, it's a, it's an expectation that hasn't been met. And so we have to adjust our expectations and then we have to figure out what's out of our control, what's within our control uh, after understanding the situation and then take the best actions. So I've been through it. I continually go through it because I'm human. <laughs> Just the gap between that, between my reaction and my response gets shorter and shorter. Oh, and, that, and that's the optimization. Yeah. And I noticed that the people who are closest to me, without me even saying anything, they're doing the same thing. <laughs> well, it sounds contagious in a good way. I, I feel like I've, I've, I've caught the bug here. So uh, does it decrease the pain as well by, by having that optimization? It decreases the pain when you, when you don't ruminate on what's out of your control. Mm. And you mentioned, you spoke about expectations a number of times. Many say don't have expectations because it often results in disappointment. Is that realistic? I think unrealistic expectations are the issue. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And we have to dream. But dreams and goals are different. Mm. Okay, dreams, we, we can dream. I could dream that I'm going to go out into the cosmos without a rocket, okay? Mm. I can do it in my imagination, but could I do it today realistically, right? Or could I uh, purchase Netflix today uh, <laughs> other than as a shareholder? Uh, you know, could I purchase the entire Netflix today? That might be a different... Um, expectation that I may not be able to fulfil. Mm -hmm. So goals are dreams with actions with action steps and 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 uh, timelines, because the timelines change it from it can be done to it will be done. Realistic timelines. So expectations are the critical factor, I think. Realistic versus unrealistic expectations. Steve Jobs said, stay hungry, stay foolish, I think in a, in a very famous uh, speech that he had, I think, to uh, some, some college graduates or maybe grad students. And I think what he meant by that was that a certain level of naivety, a certain level of ignorance is, is actually healthy. Um, that unrealism, for lack of a better word, 
what, what is your take on that for the dreamers and for the people that believe that they can change the world, that can one day have a company that buys Netflix or maybe keep, even projects them to the cosmos without a rocket? <laughs> so keep on doing it. Uh, in our um, analyses of various thinking levels, what we found that found was that optimism is wonderful when the cost of failure is not high. So if you've got nothing to lose, if you don't have anything great to lose, it's easy to be optimistic. It's harder to be optimistic when you have a lot to lose because optimism can be wishful thinking. But when you have nothing to lose, go ahead. Optimism fuels persistence and you need persistence to achieve success. Oh, that's the common factor. We talked about that, yeah. Yeah, but when the cost of, of failure is high, optimism is the wrong strategy, mm. right? Optimal thinking is the right strategy within a, con uh, within a context of optimism. In other words, we do the best we can under the circumstances, and then the context is everything happens for the best. That's the optimistic context. Now, is there a risk of having too much apathy when you're too focused on optimal thinking to actually remove the emotions, potentially some of the humanism, away from how we deal with conflict, how we interact with others, how we communicate our hopes and our fears? So I'm so glad you asked that question because... Decisions should be made with the whole brain, which means that the left brain is the analytical side, the right brain is the emotional, um, musical, etc. side, the holistic side. So with an optimal decision, you, the mind and the heart have to be in agreement, or the mind and the gut are in agreement. If the mind and the gut, if the mind says yes and the gut says no, choose another option. If the gut says yes and the mind says no, choose another option. <laughs> okay. I was just speaking with um, a, a, an individual, someone that I care about deeply. And she said her issue is that when she loves something, she doesn't think. She just goes and gets it. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards she goes into what if, and I, I shouldn't have, I, I couldn't really afford it, and and um, now I, I and, and it lowers her self-esteem. Ah. Instead of doing the optimization, the analytical aspect and figuring it out is this in my best interest first you know i love it okay ask the question is this in my best interest if it is and you love it and your gut is saying yes go for it but if you're excited about it but you know it's not in your best interest don't do it well i think what, what a lot of people struggle struggle from though is that the why behind what they want it doesn't come from the healthiest place. There's, there's the ego, there's survival, there's fear, yeah, selfishness, greed. You know, there's a lot of negative things that can drive us to want certain things. Narcissism, etc. Sure. Right. All of those and more. Yeah. So it really comes down to, is this in my best interest? And how, and how can I, how can in I, my best interest? So how can I Well, that's a process and, and I don't think we've got the time to go through that today. But there is a way of determining whether something's of your best interest. There are several ways of making simple and complex decisions. And and we go through that in the hundred day program. Got so it. You know, is I, if I you omit that one and you're excited. Sorry, do you want to go ahead or shall I go ahead? <laughs> no, after you, after you, please. Okay, so if you're excited because something looks good, but then it's gonna, it's going to really impact your budget, and you're you're going to be experience pain for three months because 
you may you over you uh, you overpaid for a large purchase because you were excited about it. Um, then you know making sure that you modify it doesn't mean that you you might not do that might not say yes to that particular combination, but you might you might change the particular um, offer to something that works, and it may just be a subtle change. But when the mind and the gut or the mind and the heart are not in agreement, it's not optimization. It's suboptimization. That's important. That's a that's a beautiful articulation. Optimalthinking.com is your website. And uh, you've got books on Amazon. That's exciting. Books uh, on Amazon, uh, lots of audio programs. Uh, a 360 assessment with a 21-page report and a 21-page self-assessment report and a 41-page report where others rate you so you can see the gaps between how, how you see yourself and how other people see you. We have coaching for individuals and coaching for um, executives uh, and organisations and we run seminars and we also have writing services. We write proposals with an optimization benchmark and we win over 90% of those proposals. That's because we don't take on those we don't believe will win. Got it. We just don't take any, anyone, any business just because it's there. We're very careful and... Uh, and, and so we, we, do, we do the right work for people. And we have lots of other offers, lots of free articles. We've got a blog. And so please, um, listeners and viewers, feel free to visit optimalthinking.com or call us at 424-204-6133. That's 424-204-6133. We're here in Marina del Rey, Los Angeles, Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5 p.m. Beautiful. Well, Rosaline, I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. It's been a joy. It's been an optimal experience. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much. My pleasure.